Welcome to the Two Sons Podcast. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Ahsoka is here. And, uh, you know, I had heard, I had looked at the reviews. Uh-huh. Um, and they were good. They were in like the mid eighties or something like that. But the consensus among critics was like, it mixes new elements of star Wars with old elements of star Wars. And right. as soon as I saw that, I was like, that's, that's what we need. That's what we're asked for. Yeah, yeah. We need a little bit of new, a little bit of old, like you could take old kind of like themes and mix yeah. them with new plot and you can get good things. And I feel like Dave Filoni has now. Okay, it remains to be seen how this ends because I'm going sure. to talk to you a little bit towards the uh, once we get a little bit further in about like some of the ways I think this could go south mm-hmm. uh, in terms of just my interpretation of it. But like through two episodes, like you're completely confounded by where this is all going. Yep, we've unleashed Star Wars concepts that are almost beyond our comprehension in a lot yes. of different ways. I'm I'm pretty excited about it. Yeah, dude, I'm so stoked. I think that there's a fair chance that Ahsoka could become mainstream. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And, and and like they like what you're talking about, they invested heavily in advertisement. I mean, like you cannot turn over your shoulder without seeing an Ahsoka advertisement, whether it be on social media, whether it be on TV. I mean, they're hitting it hard. One one note on that though, it's funny, is like I said said that to someone else the other day. I think I said it to Carly, and Carly's uh-huh. like Carly's like, Yeah, I've barely seen anything on it. Well, Carly's and I was like, s- ah, I think the algorithm is like these idiots. I know. <laughs> they want some Star Wars. Well, content. like what I was telling you about, like <laughs> Uh, Instagram knows that I'm a dad. So then it suckered me into buying this like $40 little sports toy car for Graham. <laughs> Graham can't even hold his head up and I bought him a $40 Dude. car. It's Carly just- and I were literally talking about this last night. Like, like how uh, uh, like companies and their advertisers like win when, when they get you. And oh, I sort know. Of way. And I, I use the example of Paul Reed Smith. Like I just was like, I just imagine like their marketing team sitting down and they're going like, all those nerdy OCD dudes <laughs> are gonna be obsessed with quality. Let's just hammer quality. And it's like, and it's like me. I'm I'm nerdy dude. Who right. they got? Like they got me. I got they two got of you, them, dude. You know what I mean? They're like, like you know, like the Jason Timp, like Hoops Tonight <laughs> podcast guy. Like that's our sucker. That's who we're advertising. Yeah, for. it's like they one because yeah. like i'm a total paul reed smith stan now and Guilty. i like, just talk about it all the time but yeah. like there's no doubt that the algorithm was very very attuned to the fact that you and i were they know what's up star wars they knew i liked a minimalistic just really slick looking toy and i bought one <laughs> yeah they got you that's got a cool me, looking little toy car though. it's cool I'm dude it's like it's like remnant of 80s style f1 cars it's really cool dude, it's really d- d- cool g's g's gonna be a fan also uh dude like uh i wanted to get into this a little bit later i'll save it for the end of the all show right. but the grand turismo movie was actually super interesting oh is on it? a bunch of different levels right, but we'll cool, get to yeah. that later all right anyway so ahsoka we have the jason I, let's I, just I, talk about like politics instead of <laughs> yeah, doing ahsoka what do you yeah you guys want to hear politics right <laughs> healthcare no. yeah let's talk so about healthcare i look at there's like four kind of major themes from this that we need to unpack we need to unpack this thing with the two galaxies and and, and yeah. that kind of stuff which we're going to start with because i find okay. that to be the most interesting yeah I'm, then there's I'm the whole dynamic with ahsoka and and sabine apparently beginning a master apprentice relationship at some point presumably between the final episode of rebels and this yeah and then we have the uh concept of grand admiral thrawn and everything associated with him good guy bad and then, guy who knows exactly and then we have everything surrounding Balin's skull and um his apprentice and his two apprentices yeah apprentice so apprentice yes exactly so uh let's start with, let's start with the other galaxy thing so okay. th- a couple of details that we know um the uh we discover that the magistrate is actually a Dathomirian Night yeah. Sister, which you had pointed out in our 
preview. Star Wars explained called that. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And, and the, the dead giveaway was the green flame and that yeah. was a really good pickup. Uh, what's the gentleman who runs Star Wars explains name? I forget you know? his name. Okay. Shout Star out Star Wars, Star Wars explained guy. You did, yeah. you did, you did quality work as always. Again. <laughs> yes. <laughs> congratulations so, uh, congratulations on, on being to be one of the best. <laughs> incredible at what you do. So, uh, uh, the, the, uh, they, we find out that she's a death mirror night sister. Apparently she's been hearing voices through the void. Essentially. That's kind of the, the way I interpreted it is that she's been hearing communications from Thrawn. Uh, she's also obviously running these secret operations with like essentially empire yeah. holdouts or for In, the empire. I know. On <laughs> Corellia. Yeah. On that Corellia. was cool. Yeah. No, but uh, the, the whole thing with the, I, the way I kind of interpreted that is like the magistrate essentially is here in the galaxy mm. She's been hearing voices from the beyond. She clearly had an old relationship with Thrawn. Right. So she seems to think that Thrawn's coming back. And so she's prepping for him with everything she's doing out of the Corellian shipyards, right. including building this Eye of Scion thing to, to, to go get him. Right. But but essentially... Essentially a giant ship that can go very far into the galaxy. Yeah. Like the, that, the nether regions it, of the galaxy. Kind of like what we saw in like Interstellar. Well, Interstellar is probably a bad example. But like all those shows that show like the big convoy ship that's going through space. It's like delivering a group of humans to go colonize another planet. Like, yeah. That's kind of the way I looked at it. It's like essentially like a massive ship that's capable of undergoing a really long hyperspace mission. Yeah, uh, but what I thought was interesting is the we basically discover now through the uh, symbolism surrounding the all of the artifacts that we discovered mm. that uh, those little space whales, purgles, purgles, very well maybe from that galaxy they or something well associated with the galaxy because they were all over the uh, the the symbolism and right. so which I really what I really like about that is it, it kind of I love a good purgle. It <laughs> oh yeah, they're dope and they provide a legitimate explanation for how Thrawn and Ezra might have survived. Right. Because now we're no longer looking at them as the just like Minox that drag somebody into hyperspace. They're like these sentient beings that live in the vacuum of space right. who very easily could traverse massive distances because they live in the vacuum of space and they're uh uh they essentially drag Ezra and Thrawn to this alternate galaxy. You don't think, because I don't, you don't think that that's where the Chiss Ascendancy is, mm -mm. correct? Okay. No, to be clear, there because we know that um, the Unknown Regions is kind of like right there up by the Outer Rim, mm -hmm. and there's like Batus in that area. And they're Makija, way, the Chiss Ascendancy like, is way closer than what exactly. this other like, galaxy is. You could get okay. there in a couple of days. This is yeah. not, yeah, you wouldn't need to create a, a yeah, especially since a special Thrawn, spaceship. Thrawn regularly went on missions to lesser space. That's a good point. So, that's Lesser space, by the way, is what Thrawn refers to the normal galaxy as because he's because you know, he's just better than us. You know, <laughs> so uh, uh, anyway, so I, I, there's a lot to unpack here. And like this, I want to kind of like uh, uh, start by addressing the elephant in the room, okay. which is we saw the Eye of Zion's. So Scion. the Eye of Zion is this uh, Scion, Scion, as in like the car, is like this giant ship that they're building to to undergo this this journey. They're taking essentially hyperdrive cores from old. Uh, disassembled star destroyers so and sick. putting him in there, which is really cool. And there's clearly multiple of them in the ring because she mentions like yeah. we just put in the last hyperdrive core, so we're getting ready to leave. And we see the cockpit. Mm -hmm. yep. And the cockpit is the very same cockpit that we see in the trailer. Yep. Grand Admiral Thrawn walking in in his Empire dress whites. Right. As the Admiral. Right. So that so no I longer flashback, correct? Exactly. So now Yee! one of two things is true. Uh-huh. Okay. Either he's like, fuck yeah, they picked me up. I'm ready to go back and 
just, just own. Just get going with the empire. <laughs> Let's go. I've got my shirt on. I'm ready to go. That's option one. Okay. Option two is those damn purgles dragged me away, and I only had one outfit, and it was my imperial admiral. <laughs> but they, but they, oh. they cleaned and pressed it for me before I left. <laughs> those purgles. No, dude, I think you're right. Well, no, he had to have found another outfit to wear. Like, he's Thrawn. He's been gone when for meet, years. I know, but when we... Exactly. And when we meet Thrawn, he's, like, literally wearing, like, a loincloth, isn't he? Like, he's on that one planet. Oh, right? yeah, and they, yeah, like, yeah. When, he, when he's up. the... Yeah, yeah, we're going back into the woods We're going here, way back, When the Empire back, picks up Thrawn, he's kind of acting like a... Like a, uh, like a little like bit a, barbarian. Kind of, yeah, barbarian in the wilderness type of dude. Yeah. The uh, Marooned on a planet. The Unless the Purgles had... Thrawn and Ezra like do some weird shit like live in their galaxy naked and they'd be like okay you're going home now here's our clothes <laughs> then chances are he's still with the Empire so that yeah. was that was kind of a bummer for me um, and I've got a crazy take on Thrawn at the end of this by the way okay yeah so the this is where I get concerned I love the idea of opening up a, a portal to a new galaxy mm-hmm. and here's why because I'm with you I think. Rosario Dawson in Ahsoka is an absolute freaking star. Mm-hmm. And I think Grand Admiral Thrawn, as this like Benedict Cumberbatch type, you know, Sherlock Holmes type right. of character, is also potentially a star. Right. So if you move to another galaxy, you open up the potential for those two characters to be the most important thing. I feel you. In that specific timeline. Yeah. If you drag thro- like if this whole thing is just a basically a, an uber drive to go pick up <laughs> thrawn and bring him back to the galaxy and we settle back because you, you and i talked about this in the preview the idea of like recycling star wars concepts right over and you over know, and over some again. sort of dramatic evil leader whether it's gianni carlo esposito grand admiral thrawn palpatine vader yeah snoke mm-hmm. ben solo if you re- retread the we have a shit ton of ships we're very austere and clean looking you know, we were evil. We're trying to take over the galaxy. It, it, if you just keep retreading those steps, I think it could run into being kind of stagnant, repetitive, and stagnant. Yeah, Whereas if you like, I'm so down for something different. I'm yeah. so down for something different. And you can always go back to the other Star Wars galaxy. You with could things like you could hop the High around, Republic. Huh? Yeah, dude. So or here's my Lando. crazy take. Here's yeah. Here's my crazy take. I uh, I do think that that uh, Eye of Scion ship is an Uber driver for Thrawn. I do. And the reason why is they're leaning so hard into Thrawn. Like he's like this God figure, which he's not like, like he's awesome. Thrawn doesn't even think he's, he's a God figure. Right. He's one of my favorite characters of all of Star Wars. Um, but Thrawn, unless it serves a bigger good or the better good, uh, will not be with bad dudes. Right. And, and everyone's going to freak out and be like, what are you talking about? Thrawn's with the Empire. I get it. I totally understand. But he was before the Empire or with the Empire for specific reasons, which served his people, the Chiss Ascendancy. Yes. Right? So so I I wonder, here's my crazy take, is is the Magistrate, Balin, and his uh, Padawan uh, go, or Apprentice, go and pick Apprenti. him up. Apprenti. Oh, yeah, because there's Morik, which is like the Inquisitor-looking dude. Mm-hmm. Um, they go pick him up and Thrawn's like, hey, thanks. You guys read me wrong. I own you now. And I honestly think that that's going to happen. You think so? I think they're going to go essentially bail him out of jail, save him from some distant galaxy, and he's going to be like, thanks a lot. You guys read me wrong. See, I... Oh, man. That's a take. I know that's a take. It's possible. Yeah. It w- you'd wonder why I'd put the uniform on. I mean, I would get, I would get behind... Because he can't be naked. No, th- this is what I think. I... 
because I, I I would love for that, but I just think about it from the standpoint of you know how I, like and this is just something in general with the way that my entire perspective on media has changed since I started working in media, which is basically like anytime you conceptualize an idea for a film mm-hmm. or for a show or even an episode of whatever sports show you want to listen to, you have to cons- you have to like kind of put yourself in the brain space of the production meeting, right? So for instance, like if you are a Houston Rockets fan. And you're like, you know, the Rockets got a big win last night. They came back and beat the Pistons in double overtime on the road. And you're like, man, like, I really want to hear about the Houston Rockets tomorrow from the Hoops Tonight show or from First Take. Let's just say First Take. Yeah. Like, you have to imagine yourself in the production meeting. And, like, those guys aren't going to be like, hey, we're going to open up with Rockets Pistons from last night. I feel you. Because those two teams suck. And they're not they're not important enough. It's just not enough. They're gonna sit down and they're gonna be like, okay, you know, uh, looks like last night James Harden gave his coach a weird look out of the corner of his eye, and then everyone tweeted about it. So let's talk about that. You know, like it's that. Hot kind, take. Yeah, it's a, it's it's and, and again, like there's varying different types of shows, but the general idea is like they're sitting down trying to think about a way to get you to watch within yeah. the scope of what is you know kind of their brand as a show. Sure. So for Star Wars. When they're sitting down, and I think of it this way, like with, uh, I'll give you the Gran Turismo example. Like when they sat down, there's the protagonist, which is Jan Martinborough, right? Who's this dude who was this, one of the best uh, Gran Turismo players in the world who became a race car driver. Yeah. But like his story is like him going into the, to, to the, to the racing league and having a certain amount of success, right? But like if they, if they don't have a clear antagonist, mm-hmm. then the, the film falls apart. Yeah. So they kind of create this character. It's this dude who's like this douchey ass like European dude who drives like a, a golden like a gold leaf plated Lamborghini. And he's just a dickhead throughout the entire film. Like <laughs> well, he's, he's a, driving he's a, a big character Lambo. who do, who operates as the antagonist. Yeah. Now, um so that you have to sit down in the in the production meeting and think, okay, we have our protagonist which is Ahsoka. Yeah. And we need a strong antagonist. Mhm. And it can't be the magistrate. She's not cool enough. Oh. Although it could be the magistrate theoretically, but like I feel, I more, feel you. It's more. I just don't. I don't think because uh, you got to think of it in the grand scheme of this era too. Because right. it's not just the Ahsoka show. It's the Ahsoka show, and then the inevitable Thrawn show. Uh, or maybe there's a Thrawn show. Maybe there's not. But like, there's whatever shows lead up to this film, the Dave Filoni film. Right. So this is a big picture thing. Oh, I see. You the, think the if, magistrate? I don't think is big enough to use as the grand villain for this whole thing. For this whole thing, unless I see. unless they think she's a star and that we're all going to fall in love with her over the course of the series. Maybe. But I think it makes sense from the standpoint of the production meeting for them to be like Thrawn's the antagonist. Yeah. And they, Thrawn will be defeated at the end of the Filoni movie. And so that kind of drives me to think that that's the direction they're going. I'm right mm. there with you. You know I'm right there with you. Oh, dude, I know. No, no. And, and it's all speculation at this point because you know they're going to throw some uh, cliffhangers in there. You know they're going to try and fool us with the plot a little bit. So, like, I I am deeply, deeply enthralled in this. So, like, this, oh, this yeah. the way that they've I had so much fun last written this and the way that they've produced it is incredible. It is, it is the greatest combination of 
like old Star Wars meets new, and they did it beautifully. Mm-hmm. I thought it was so cool. They even threw in some cool stuff, like the old school like PowerPoint scrolls uh, screen change. Do you notice that? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah from, that from was from such the, a vibe. In terms of the cinematography, yeah, it's such a vibe. Yeah. It, in general, like I thought it had this like really interesting pacing too, where like it was fast paced in uh-huh. the sense that like literally in two episodes we saw almost everything from the trailers. Yeah, I noticed that. The only that. thing we didn't see from the trailers was literally the uh, um, the uh, uh, the stuff where they're in that that like that weird like void room mm-hmm. where Balin and, and Ahsoka face off. Right. Which in theory could be in the next episode. Yeah. But like you could tell they were deliberate about like completely withholding the the real plot lines. Yeah. And because like they did a good job. Two, two of the eight episodes basically made up ninety five percent of the trailer material. And it didn't ruin the episodes. No, not at all. Um, it was interesting to see, uh, I'm going to skip ahead a little bit. It was interesting to see Sabine just get stabbed in the chest with a lightsaber. Oh, dude. <laughs> I was like, dang, like that happened fast. Like we knew she didn't die, of course, just because you see her with short hair in, in trailers, right? And she mm-hmm. hasn't had the short hair yet, but that was pretty wild. And, and it's funny cause Elena woke up and came and sat on the couch and then she's watching that, that, that scene. scene. And I was like, watch Sabine's about to get her ass kicked right here. And mm-hmm. sure enough, she did, which I'm happy they did that. Mm-hmm. Um, dude, seeing Lothal in live action was so cool. Everything was great. A- a- everything that turned into live action was great. I thought they cast Sabine perfect. They and did. like, she's, she is like, she is nailing that role. Yeah. Absolutely nailing totally that role. Totally agree. Uh, Rosario Dawson's doing great. You know, it's so funny to me because like, I, this is such a, this is an opinion that I've always felt very strongly about, like as it pertains to like equal representation in media, like I'm a hundred percent on board with that, but like, you don't need to retread old, you know, male characters or white yeah, guy yeah. characters, like just make new characters. Just and make if new you characters make them dope, then they'll be awesome. Like yeah, this yeah. is such a great example of that. Like you have three incredible female characters and potentially four, depending on what we learned about the magistrate in the long run. Right. And, and the, like uh, one of the apprentice, and one of the apprentice, mm-hmm. but like all of them, like the I'm Ahsoka's obviously one of your and I's favorites from the beginning. Oh, yeah. uh, the uh, what's the the apprentice's name? The girl uh, the, with the white hair, Shinhati, I believe. I, I, I yeah, something I, yeah. like that. Shin, I, I forget Shin, her Shinhati, name. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Something like that. She that could I, be way I'm, wrong. <laughs> I'm like I'm like so obsessed with her because she reminds me of Darth Zana. She just does. Like, she dude, just I, has I this, was wondering if you're gonna pick that up, dude. Just like that she, dude, vibe. She, she remind yeah. She reminds me of like a cat like backed into a corner where she's just like pissed, dude. The uh, um. The I like the Darzana thing. I would venture to guess that uh, that Filoni actually uh, used this as inspiration for Darzana because she literally was on the cover of the book and looked um, like exactly like this character. I'll find it and I'll show yeah. you. But like, what it, Jason's referring to is is uh, some of the Legends material that isn't canon yet or maybe ever of Darth Bane. Uh, so Darth or, uh, Zana was uh, what, d- one of Darth Bane's apprentices, and uh, she was just a really, really cool, like cunning character. Um, and and dude, I know exactly what you're talking about on the on the cover of the book. Yeah, uh, where where she looks exactly like her, for sure. Yeah, well, she's just got, she always has blonde hair, yep. and she's always got like these dark, dark eyes, and it's kind of short. Yeah, yeah uh-huh. and I it, know exactly it, it, what you're talking but about. But like, she gives me that vibe, and like, I the, her whole character in the in the first two episodes She's is cool. great. And then Sabine, like Sabine, is a super interesting character on a bunch of different yeah. levels because, like, you know, we never learned of her as being force sensitive in the Rebel right. series. And they, they, the uh, uh, what's the droid's name? Chopper. No, the other one. 
the the uh, Hu Yang? Hu Yang. Hu Yang. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, do we know how Hu Yang, Hu Yang ends up with Ahsoka? Do you learn that? In the no, I, f- I forget how that happens, or, or maybe if one of our viewers remembers. I don't know how they get hooked up. Mm-hmm. Hu Yang has just been around for forever, mm-hmm. and and he's he's a really fun character. So oh, he's now, great. But, uh, yeah, he, yeah. His whole like, I was just I was joking with Carly last night. I'm like, his whole role in this show is just to bombard the characters with facts. Oh, it's I like know. A, <laughs> I just imagine, I just imagine like like uh, like a Sabine walking into the room and be like, oh my gosh. I'm so hungry. I haven't eaten all day. And then him just being like, I saw you eat crackers at 10. Well, dude, and I love the idea of just uh, an absolute, absolute thesaurus on lightsaber. Hills. Oh, dude. Yeah. It's and so like, cool. He was actually there. Yeah. When he, the lightsabers built were built. Them. Yeah. It's mm. so cool. He's such a cool character. So Sabine, it represents this interesting kind of concept of like, Hu Yang straight up says like she, her affinity for the forces in the bottom tier, essentially. Yeah. Which is like technically like everybody has some level of midichlorians, right? And like technically like everyone's slightly in tune to the force, right? Like I mean, on a it, very low level, like for you to even register uh, for a force force sensitive person, like for example, like if if uh, Ahsoka is, has her eyes closed, and if I walked into a room, she'd be like, "Luke is here," mm. right? And I'm not force sensitive, obviously, but like I probably am slightly attuned to the force in order for her to even register. And I wonder if that's going to be Sabine, like like lowest level possible, and maybe they're trying to like. I don't know, trainer, but I feel like she's not going to be anything significant. I tend to think of her as like legitimately force sensitive, oh, dang but so. just on the lower tier of the Jedi that she's tra- she trained. You. I think it explains things like why she was such a gifted fighter in general. Oh, that's a true, that's um, a true point. Yeah, that's a true the, point. Uh, I, the, but I love the way they lay her out in the sense that like she, she's, if you want, like she's half Jedi, half Mandalorian. Dude, like, no, no, she's, like, she's uh, a 10th Jedi nine tenths of Mandalorian well, and that's fair but like the point is is like her whole appeal is like they're they're building towards this idea that like she's not going to be the most powerful force user in the world but right. the combination of all of her abilities makes her a formidable adversary for sure and you and you just know we're going to be we're going to end up with the Sabine revenge campaign against against the apprentice for sure um we so we find out that Ahsoka essentially starts training her as her apprentice at some point in time yeah. but they have some kind of falling out which leads to Ahsoka to leave. And it appears to be associated with Ahsoka's frustrations with Sabine's just general personality and, and headstrongness. Right. And like, it's funny because, like, Sabine really, really, really screws things up in this. Like, like just oh, yeah. a royal screw-up. For like, sure. Is explicitly told, like, this is essentially like a top priority. <laughs> like, like one of the most valuable yeah, things in the galaxy. Yeah, this, 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 this thing, this map is like the key to a war. We must protect it. Yeah. Do not take it away. <laughs> and she's like, okay, she left the room. I'm taking it away. I'm going to go to my little away. tower that's miles and miles and miles away from anybody that can help me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And get, and get and gets messed up by the apprentice and her droids and, and ends yeah. up uh, getting the map Those stolen. Those HK assassin droids, top tier droids. So cool. Oh, dude, they're very cool. It, what was cool though is like when 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 Sabine was in the hospital bed, it, like it's funny because there are cliches, but like cliches are all about delivery. Mm-hmm. Like if you overuse them and you don't, it, then they they fall flat on their face. But like it's one of those things where like you're as the watcher thinking like God, Sabine really oh yeah screwed this up. 
it's so like when Ahsoka goes like you've done enough and then walks out of the room like that's such a cliche you see that in movies all the time it but was. like you're like yeah you, you know yeah, what Sabine, so, so you, you have you, done enough so you just, just sit down and be quiet yeah you screwed that <laughs> yeah. uh, really quick before we get away from the map Sabine thing there was one time and I'm sure you picked up on this where I felt like I was just pulled out of the Star Wars universe a little bit where I was like oh um, that's a little bit distracting when uh so like Ahsoka has the map, which is like that sphere, right? And they're like, we cannot figure out how to, to how to open this thing or to to figure this out. And Sabine goes into her little her little um, lair, and then she's like doing all this crazy stuff with like hollow projections, and she's like, oh three three, like what is this? And then she just spins like two things on the on the map, and all of a sudden it just clicks into oh, I pick, I pick, into gear. I was like, if if it was that easy, like no, everyone no, and didn't. their brother would have figured it out. No, you didn't see. So like the the actual pattern. So there was like right, it was like the Trinity pattern. Yeah, but there were specific patterns that were supposed to be in specific spots. True, and she saw that from the hollow projection of the I floor see. in the temple. And she didn't identify – at first she was looking at the people and then she, at first she was looking at the outside of the temple uh-huh. and she's looking at all these different things. She eventually identifies that that center symbol yeah. is on the thing. So she builds the piece around the – th- that actually made sense to me. Uh, I, I will say though, I am so down for the idea of this alternate galaxy and it cool. being – a thing that they kind of dive into, but I'm worried that they're not going to. And that's something that concerns me. Yeah. Dude, I, my biggest concern is they get Thrawn wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep, me too, man. And, yep. and there's a decent chance that they do. Yeah. Uh, but but at the end of the day, like I will at least understand the premise behind having Thrawn be an antagonist. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a way they can do it. Yeah. Similar to the sense that like, you look at because, uh, uh, like, uh, I'll, I'll give you the example with um, uh, with uh, Thanos. Okay, mm-hmm. so Thanos wants to kill half the people in the universe, but the reason why is like his own world right. crumbled into a massive civil war and and was obliterated. And like, there's the scene the scene where he's pulling the moon down and he's in that big fight and they they literally like. The chick's putting him to sleep, and they're like this close to getting the glove off his hand and killing him. That's on his home planet, Thanos' home planet. And you see it's like literally in ruins. Right. And he actually uses the one of the stones to like demonstrate to the Avengers that his planet used to be this lush green paradise and it got destroyed. And so right. you actually kind of like – he basically is saying like if I defeat half the people in the universe, I'll essentially permit the other half to survive, to survive. in a way that they would kill themselves. Right. And so there's – that, now that's that to me is like still obviously insane, but like at least there's like you start to see there's like a this, theory. Th- there's, there's like a theory. an immediate theory that he's going off of, and he's not just you know a crazy person. Exactly. Yeah. I think Thrawn would have to be even like way more reasonable, I'd but agree. I could get on board with Thrawn wanting to essentially relaunch the Empire if they had like a really clear like drawn out process to I where. See. To where like like because there's these moments uh, kind of like with Harrison Dula um, where uh, the Calicori the the piece of art from Hera's homeworld uh-huh. where he's like I will keep this in a place of honor and she's like screw you bro like mm-hmm. basically and in the vibe you're picking up there is like he's genuinely well intentioned right but she's like but you're still evil clearly there's yeah. this, this clear delineation you know yeah and, and I'm interested in them if they can flush out that concept. To where like everything Thrawn's doing truly serves a purpose that makes sense for Thrawn you. and his ultimate goal for the Chiss Ascendancy in the galaxy and all these different things. So right. for, in- for instance, I I would be so down for 
I need a powerful fleet of ships because this is something he's always believed yeah. in. A versatile, powerful fleet of ships in the, the existing known galaxy for the means with which to protect the Chiss Ascendancy from some sort of other threat. If they I, did I something like that. that, I'd be on board. But it can't yeah. just be like, I want to rule the galaxy because that just well, wouldn't make any sense. And, and we have to be down for uh, maybe a little bit of two Thrawns. Like, for example, like Timothy Zahn's Thrawn is, is way more benevolent than what we see in Rebels, exactly. which is Dave Filoni's Thrawn. We also have to remember, too, that we're watching Dave Filoni's Thrawn this time. Right? Mm -hmm. Dave Filoni wrote that, right? Yeah, so point. we've got to be down for a little bit of a dual Thrawn happening here, but I just hope they don't go completely off the tracks. For sure. Yeah. And even with the Dave Filoni Thrawn, there's a few things that you don't, like like him uh, bombarding Lethal. There's right. a couple of moments where he's a little bit of a jerk, but for the most part, like you... He has a great deal of respect for his opponents. He's he's strictly mm -hmm. is viewing everything as almost like a board game. It's always a strategy. Yeah, and like and you you pick up like it, I thought Dave Filoni did a decent job in and in Dave Filoni's defense as well. Like I don't know if he had access to all of the books. I think because I think they were being written simultaneously. Yeah, I don't know. The Rebel series. Yeah, they might have been. Yeah, mm -hmm. I I don't know the exact timeline on that. So um, now that we've hit Thrawn and we've hit Ahsoka and Hera and uh, Sabine. Sabine, and now that we've hit the other galaxy thing, the last thing I wanted to hit on was Balin. Okay. So yeah. Balin's a former Jedi, clearly. Mm -hmm. um, I think that, and I was kind of, I thought they were this close to doing it when, when uh, the apprentice asks him, like, what are we going to do when we find Thrawn? But uh, I thought he was about to be like, uh, like you know, we're gonna restore the Sith or say something along those lines. I want him so badly to lean into the Sith thing because, uh -huh. like, I think it'd be so cool if there was a scene at some point in this um, season where essentially Balin goes like, like in in the old ways, you know, there was only two, and like, you know, there uh, like in him to basically pitch why that was flawed, in his opinion. And be like, this is why I have two apprentices because of X, Y, Z. Or if they're going to be like, you know, we're the two Sith and this other dude's like our assassin. That's kind of what I'm viewing that as. That's what you're Morak. looking at. Yeah, yeah. Morak, the uh, Inquisitor. Looks like a former Inquisitor, yeah. most likely. Yeah. Right? Yeah. No, I think I think he's uh, similar to what like Maul was at mm. one point. No. Yeah, yeah. I, I think the same thing. And I'm just really, I'm really curious to see how they flush that out. I mean, it's a little bit of a bummer because it's only going to be a one season storyline because... The gentleman who played Balin passed away. Yeah. Um, uh, I th I can't remember what the guy's name is, but uh, um, but he did. He's done an outstanding job. I thought I thought that first scene of them raiding the Republic capital ship to, That's to, so cool. to steal the magistrate was just an incredible Star Wars scene. So cool. I was really interested in. At first, I was like, man, I wonder if they did this on purpose. Did you pick up on like kind of just the bridge dynamics at the beginning? Um, in, in some in some way. Like, what do you mean so by that? So you have the captain of the ship. Right. He's got control of the bridge. He's communicating with the comms officer. When he leaves the bridge, he gives command of the bridge to someone else. Sure. Like and it like and the reason why that matters is like that's the the whole concept of like naval bridge dynamics mm -hmm. is a huge part of the Thrawn books. It is okay, and, I know what you're and so about. like yeah. I I would be so down for like if they did bring Thrawn back in Episode Four and then had a four episode arc involving Thrawn waging war on the galaxy, I would be so down to see a bunch of like naval battles between Thrawn oh, and the dude. Republic and like. I, I would be down for that kind of thing. I, that, Especially that set out like, like a chess match. That would uh -huh. be so cool. Yeah. Um, no, that would be super, super sick. Um, that that 
intro scene and then the way that they filmed it afterwards when Ahsoka was rolling up on that capital ship mm. and how all the debris field was still around the ship. That was such a cool touch mm. that like, I don't really know if I've ever seen that in Star Wars, any like live action Star mm-hmm. Wars or like they actually keep the de- debris field like around the ship. Like that was such a neat touch. That was interesting too, because like essentially they went in and killed everybody on the ship and then they must have left the ship and then just shot it to pieces they for the sake yeah. of scuttling it, you know, Maybe. making it so that, which makes some sense because like if you're think of it, thinking of this as like a big picture war against the New Republic and you've basically de-staffed a ship like a ship like gotten rid of everybody staffing the ship yeah or most everybody but you didn't want the republic to be able to use the ship anymore you yeah because like they actually say like they uh uh, uh, somebody says something along the lines of like uh they scuttled one of our new uh capital ships or something like that um dude which is just such a punch to the one home one Home oh, one yeah, yeah, Home one. yeah, yeah. It's the same on Calamari Cruiser from Dude. Return of the Jedi. And then, then the interior is like spot on. Oh, it's all of it. Do you, uh, so really quick, wait, before we get into that, um, Balin, Balin, really quick. Uh, when he was talking to the magistrate and she says, you need to kill Ahsoka, and he's like, sad. Uh, or he says something along the lines of sad. And then she's like, oh, sentimental. And he's, and he's just like, no, just like honest. Yeah. Like that no, was what, what, really does he interesting. Say uh, what did he say? I'm trying to remember. Something like synonymous with honest. Yeah, it was something. Yeah. Uh, uh, I can't remember what it was, but yeah, it was like it was almost like weirdly in tuning in, in bringing in a little bit of respect. Right. Um, for getting rid of the Jedi. And also, like, oh no, that's what he, that's what he says. He goes, "There's just not many Jedi left." Yeah. There's something along those lines. But like uh, uh, the Balin thing, I'm really interested to see them flush out because I do think it's possible that they view themselves more as like dark Jedi mm-hmm. that are mercenaries because he literally says at one point he's like and well paid for it he says that to the magistrate yeah, true and it's very possible that he does have a great deal of respect for the jedi and has no angst towards the jedi but is rather just a, a uh, operating his own little operation within yeah. the galaxy it's Maybe. very it's very possible it is mm-hmm. it is yeah but were you i cut you off when you're talking about home one so are you, on have that? you ever heard the phrase home one before I believe Before so, yeah. Show. I thought I had. Okay, so I don't know if I've seen it in anything else, but I'm pretty sure I saw it in X-Wing Alliance, the old video game I used no to play. No way. So X-Wing Alliance had two Calamari capital ships, the same two that are in Return of the Jedi, which is basically the main capital ship that's got all the bumps on it. But there's a different one that kind of has like more of a tan color, like the mm. color of your shirt, and it's got two big fins on the side. And you actually see one of those get blown up in Return of the Jedi by the Death Star. But there's basically two classes of the Mon Calamari capital ship. And uh, in X-Wing Alliance, you start as like this freighter. You're, you and your family kind of work on this like freighter and you're doing all these like jobs. But then eventually what ends up happening is halfway through the game or a third of the way through the game, your family gets just screwed over by the Empire. It's actually this really X-Wing Alliance was an excellent game. Anybody out there who if you if you guys are listening and you played X-Wing Alliance, drop it in the comments because this was this is nostalgia personified for me. But like <laughs> literally like you you at one point you show up at home base and like a couple of Star Destroyers show up and they just start like screwing things up and you have to actually run away and your home base gets essentially captured and you immediately are pissed off so you join the rebellion. Sick. And you become a combat pilot for the the rebellion, and you start oh, running missions, and it actually goes all the way through to uh, you actually fight in the battle over Endor Sick. and help destroy the Death Star. Right? That's cool. So uh, it it is really really cool. But in uh, you eventually start running missions out of the Rebel fleet, 
uh, kind of similar to what you saw in Return of the Jedi in the end of Empire Strikes Back, where it's just literally kind of like a flotilla of ships that's traveling around the galaxy. Flotilla. To, in order to remain secretive, right? That's cool. So in that, uh, uh, in that game... You could always like move your targeting around to different ships, right? So like you could cycle through. Oh, I see. Uh-huh. Every ship in range would have like a, uh, an identifier, and the main uh, calamari cruiser, the one from Return of the Jedi, was always identified as Home One. That's sick. In the video game. That's sick. And so I, when I saw that, I was like, I was like, this, this is so cool. Like, because it just immediately, yeah. and you see Admiral Akbar on the bridge too. Like, communicating you for with sure them. think that was Admiral Akbar? Oh, that was absolutely okay. Admiral Akbar. I, I, like, obviously, just I was the, like, hey, is that Admiral Akbar? They don't shoot him into the vacuum of space for another 25 years oh so that gosh. they can bring on the purple-haired admiral, bro. <laughs> <Dude>. <laughs> the Haldo maneuver. <laughs> um, no, there's just like a lot of like really cool like little touches. And they, like mm. uh, what we love is them paying attention to like the subtle details and, and not just completely jacking things up. And, mm-hmm. and they did that. Like we see the Phantom, which is what um, Hera's cruising around in which is actually a part of the ghost which is a larger ship like their home Mm -hmm. right like so it's cool that that was in there like chopper being thrown in there and just being this like angsty like droid like they threw that in there uh dude the music that they chose for for these two episodes the music the whole vibe is gorgeous very different too yeah it was different yeah Mm -hmm. so it was was just beautiful beautiful music and like um even like the modified scroll like they like in the beginning of the first episode oh i had like the scroll going on but they they like they were they were classy about it because they didn't do like the tilted yellow scroll like they did like i think it was red and it It was was just like straight up and down down, yeah yeah. and it was just like that's so cool because it's still like and it was like uh you know a little touch for like the original star wars but it was it was it was updated and and, and still unique like dude so many little things that they I thought, did I was thought just of that like is so like cool a, uh, i thought of that as like kind of like a sign of a new age of star wars yeah i thought so like, too it, to me that was like kind of a signifier of like this we're in the felony age now right like he's running like, that's kind of the way i looked that's at what it. this and should I, be called I, the felony age yeah and i hope i hope yeah i actually actively thought several times last night about the potential for um Star Wars to eventually disavow the seven eight nine, dude. I I don't think in they're the distant future. It'd be like twenty years, ten years from now. Maybe, but I could see them eventually, like essentially Gosh, announcing that so as great. legends. Oh, that'd be so sick. And and it would be based on uh, at, the reason why I look at that is like it at a certain point that whole storyline surrounding seven eight nine is very difficult to do anything additional with. Either. Yeah. And so from that standpoint, like if they so scuttled bad. it entirely, they they honor George Lucas's original story. I saw this thing on Instagram the other day. It was actually super interesting. It was like it was like the sequel trilogy makes every one of George Lucas's characters a failure. Did you see that by any chance? I think I sent it. I, to it you. makes sense to me. So, it makes the entire plot of Star Wars a failure. Yeah. Palpatine's back. He's been back the entire time. Exactly. Right. You lost. And he has yeah. be- he has better he has he has like, more, more weapons now, which just so, pisses everybody off because Star Wars is literally a story of good versus evil yeah. and good winning. The, dude, he broke it down. He goes, he goes. Han Solo was a smuggler who grew to become a husband, a general, a dad, and, and a, a dad, and like a gen. And it's like, nope. Episode seven, him and his wife are separated, and he's back to smuggling. <laughs> Dude, and his son stabs him in the chest, gut, yeah, gut chest. Yeah, gut chest, and then he immediately dies. But it depends. You only die if if it fits the plot. If you get stabbed yes. in the stomach, otherwise, if it, Sabine got stabbed in the right lower lobe of her lung, <laughs> but that's okay because it only glanced her liver and her right lower lobe. <laughs> 
the uh but he goes like he's like he's like luke uh you know uh finally restores the jedi all the stuff and then he basically quits and then he's like uh he's like leia uh, I can't remember what the Leia one was, but like he kind of goes through the 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 list and kind of breaks down each character, and it and it's true. It's like literally every character from Star Wars is basically just in order to recycle old plot no. points for money. Yeah, gets treated as a failure, I and it, it was it was it's a huge bummer because like I was sitting there thinking I was like another reason I could get behind Thrawn, and and maybe this works, and and maybe they'll be able to pull this off anyway, but like. I would just love to view a Star Wars story as the most important thing happening in the galaxy. That's a good point, and, man. And like, I, like I, not some ancillary story. Like, what is the biggest thing happening? Is yes, that what you're saying? Exactly. I feel and, you. and one of the things that still gets tricky here is characters like Ahsoka and Sabine are and Hera are not involved at all in the in the in, in the resistance. I see. And that just implies that they end up somewhere else or that they die. Yeah. And these are all I, these are all things I'm excited to see them flush out. I, I And think, Dave Filoni's good at stuff like that. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. yeah. I'm just genuinely really, really excited to see where this goes. This this yeah. next six weeks is going to be incredible. Yeah. I, I I'm 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 definitely a fan of where this is going. I'm just I'm just curious to see like where Dave Filoni lands the plane. Yeah. You know I, I have mean? faith yes. I, in, in Filoni we trust, right? Mm-hmm. Did you yeah. have any other small things you wanted to hit on? Um, I don't think so, man. I think that was about it. Um, like they had, you know, a couple characters that you see in Rebels, uh, like Governor Azadi. That was kind of dope. That was cool. Yeah. Um, and Live then, action. Mm-hmm. And then the... Uh, Same the, voice, too. Was it? I'm almost certain that that's the dude who voiced him. Speaking of voices, when the HK... Uh, uh, assassin droids are talking they sounded exactly like kylo ren when, oh really yeah so in the beginning when when ahsoka gets out of that like tomb and she's like something along like lines of like oh you're here and then the droid is like we are here and then all the droids she sees all the droids surrounding uh-huh. her like they sounded exactly like kylo ren which is kind of cool um but yeah man and then uh the new governor of lethal is is I, I forget how to say his name it's like jai cal or something like that and apparently he's actually recycled Rebels character that was like way, way lesser Rebels oh, character cool. that Ezra Bridger bumps into at mm-hmm. some point. So like there's just like a couple really cool things. Um, my my other crazy take is this. I bet we see live action load wolves. Oh, I think that's almost a certain. I would be point. so sick. Yeah, it'd be so I, like load they wolves. They did the little are my, cats for pretty well, too. They did, mm-hmm. dude. Those are cool. They mm-hmm. did a great job on them. So, yeah, dude, I'm, I'm totally enjoying this. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. Loving it. All right, guys, that is all we have for today. As always, we sincerely appreciate your support, and we will see you exactly one week from today. Thanks a lot.